is he who comes in the name of the Lord of hosts. Bless the Lord, the reading of the Holy Gospel, according to St. Luke. The Son of the Living God, to Him is the glory forever. said to rejoice, so full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her, who was called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. As was mentioned in the Cynic Sar today, the lives of the saints. Today is the, cele- the celebration or the commemoration of the Feast of the Annunciation, the Feast of the Nativity, and the Feast of the Resurrection. Every 29th month, almost every 29th month of the Coptic year, we celebrate those feasts because all of those feasts actually land on the 29th of the month. So the, the, we celebrate the Annunciation in the 29th of Paramhat. And actually, nine months after that, because nine months would be uh, full term, uh, we celebrate the Feast of the Nativity <coughs> on the 29th of Kiak, and then we celebrate also uh, the Feast of the Resurrection on the 29th. 
Um, but when we celebrate all of those three feasts, we usually are commemorating just the, the Feast of the Annunciation. And actually, we read the readings of the Annunciation, and the hymns are from uh, the hymns and the rites of the Feast of the Annunciation. Uh, like I was saying, the Feast of the Annunciation comes nine months right before uh, the 29th of Kaf, which is the Feast of Nativity. And the Feast of the Annunciation actually is the first among the feasts of the Lord, because it's marking or the beginning of the works of salvation and the incarnation of the, sons of, of the Son of God. So the feasts of the Lord, the major feasts of the Lord are the Annunciation, the Nativity, the birth of Christ, the Epiphany, His baptism, uh, Palm Sunday, the Resurrection, the Ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ, and then the Pentecost. So the Feast of the Annunciation brings the Annunciation or the announcing of not only the birth of Christ, but announcing of salvation itself. Right? This is what's clear from the words of the angel. It says, And you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. The name Jesus itself means Savior. And also, actually, the angel said to the shepherds uh, when our Lord Jesus Christ was born, There is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So the Annunciation of Salvation is not only, by the way, like when we're celebrating the commemoration of the Annunciation, it's not an Annunciation only for St. Mary, to tell St. Mary that she is going to give birth to Christ. And it's not only for the shepherds to tell them that uh, Christ is born, but it's for the entire world. That's why when the angel said to the, to the shepherds, I bring you good tidings of great joy which will be to all people, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. That's why also when we celebrate uh, one of the minor feasts of our Lord Jesus Christ, his entry into the temple, um, Simeon, he takes up our Lord Jesus Christ in his arms and he blesses God and says, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples. So the good news of the enunciation of salvation is for everybody and for all people. And it arrived first to the ears of our mother, the Holy Virgin, St. Mary, and then to all of us. The Annunciation of the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ is the beginning of the reconciliation of heaven and earth between God and man. The beginning of the reconciliation after the long separation since Adam and Eve. The way to the tree of life was closed, was guarded by the cherubim with a flaming fiery sword. The holiest of, of all was hidden behind a veil and nobody could enter. Before, by the way, the Annunciation of our Lord Jesus Christ, there was a period of time in the history of Israel where there was no prophets, there was nobody talking uh, about God to the, to the people of Israel, there was no holy visions, there was no angels. It was a long period of dryness in which the human beings were even more so than normal, alienated from God. So the road to salvation begins with the Annunciation. This is why actually when we have all of those feasts commemorated today, we celebrate the Feast of the Annunciation because it is sort of the beginning of the story of salvation in the Incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Simeon, he saw this in the birth of Christ. He said, my eyes have seen your salvation. Right? He says, I have seen your salvation, although salvation is not completed. Right? So it's, it's the, the procession of salvation, the procession from the Annunciation to the Nativity, all the way to the cross of Golgotha and His resurrection and ascension. So what can we learn uh, from the Feast of the Annunciation? The, the verse that I want to uh, sort of focus on for just a few minutes is one of the, la the last verse that was said, that we read in the, in the Gospel of St. Luke today. 
Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. In the story of the Annunciation, we remember two things. The divine choice, choosing St. Mary, God choosing St. Mary, and the human response. The choice of God, of the Virgin, and her response with the words, let it be to me according to your word. The reason of the choice by God is his knowledge of the holiness of St. Mary. And the way that she would be able to tolerate the glory coming to her. This virgin who was born and raised in the temple her entire life, lived a life of prayer, lived a life of meditation, reading of the scriptures. This humility that she had would be required so that she could bear up this magnificent glory without her heart being raised up. St. Anthony the Great, he says, bearing dignity is more difficult than bearing outrage. He says, it's easier for me to bear it if someone says something bad about me than, if, than to bear it if somebody says something good about me. If I say something good, someone says something good about me, easily I can be puffed up. Maybe if something, someone says something bad about me, I can forgive them. But it's much harder to hear somebody say something good about me and not let it affect me. So God waited until He found that humble and pure heart in order to announce to her the divine incarnation. St. Mary said to her in her song, My soul has rejoiced in God my Savior, for He has regarded the lowly state of His maidservant. So after all of this, all the archangel says, she uses the expression maidservant. She doesn't say mother. It's proof of her humility. Especially, you know, she hears words from people like Elizabeth who says to her, Why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? But she doesn't refer to herself in that way, St. Mary. But the Annunciation teaches us about the will of God united with the will of man. United in, in this particular case with the Virgin. By the expression, let it be to me according to your word. The Holy Spirit, after she is saying, let it be to me according to your word, the Holy Spirit came upon her, sanctified her womb, so that the Holy One could be born of her and would not inherit original sin. By the expression, let it be to me according to your word, the Logos, the second person of the Holy Trinity, came into the Virgin's womb, united personally with the body that was fashioned by the Holy Spirit inside of her. So, in this manner, the person, God, Christ, who was humble, the humble Word of God, who, St. Paul says, who made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, came into the womb of a humble Virgin. So it was. It makes sense that the humble son should be born of a humble mother, because without humility, the completion of the divine incarnation is not possible. Without humility, the crucifixion and the redemption could not be possible. There's another important uh, lesson which we can take from the expression "Let it be to me according to your word," which is how Saint Mary proved the life of abandon. She had for herself a plan in her life. Right? When the angel came to her, she says, how could this be? Because I did not know a man. She had planned to live her life dedicated to God in celibacy. She didn't think at any time that she would become a mother. That's not something she grew up wanting. But when the angel announced to her the divine will, she couldn't help but abandon herself and her will to the will of God and say, let it be to me according to your word. Think about 
sort of the question you probably were asked a million times as a kid when you were young. What do you want to be when you grow up? You know, on one level, especially when we were very young, these are sort of silly fantasies that we ask the kids, and they say, I want to be a policeman or a firefighter or whatever. On another level, they point to sort of an assumption that we are responsible for creating the life that we want. We have control, we have choice. If we look at our relationships, our friendships, our families, our marriage, our jobs, our careers, our education, our houses, all of those are attempts for us to create our lives. And that's not necessarily wrong. We have decisions to make and opportunities before us. The difficulty comes when we start to believe and carry the burden that we are the ultimate creator of our lives. This is what happened, for example, with King David. He decided after he had conquered and he had made good conquests and his land had increased, the people of Israel had increased, he decided God needs a big, fine cedar house like the one I live in to be built for him. David was convinced that he was going to be the one who was going to build this house of God. Until God said to him, no. God reminded David that God is the builder and creator of life and has been this way from the beginning. Like in the beginning, in creation, God said, and then there was. God said, let there be light, and then there was light. Let there be sky or dry land or earth that brings forth vegetation, all this kind of stuff. And then it was. Let us create humankind in our image. God said, let all these things be, and then they were there. God speaks His creative word. And today, though we remember St. Mary's words, let it be. Right? Just like... God says, let there be light. St. Mary says, let it be with me according to your word. So let it be from St. Mary's echoing the words of God, let there be light, or let there be when he's making creation. It's like an ongoing call and response between God and humans. God says, let there be, and his words bring forth the creation. St. Mary says, let it be according to your word, and her words bring forth the word of God, the creator of the world. Our Lord Jesus Christ is able to take flesh because St. Mary and her humanity gives Him this possibility. This could only happen with St. Mary's let it be according to your word. She needs to respond to God's divine will. She gives her humanity and through her actually she gives our humanity, all humankind. The incarnation of God and our Lord Jesus Christ is not just limited to St. Mary. It's an affirmation, by the way, of God's creation and the goodness of humanity itself. God chooses human flesh, not like what I was talking about with King David, he didn't choose a cedar house. He chose human flesh as the place for God to dwell in. Each one of us can stand in some way as a favored one, the one who has God within him, and all of us are called to be God-bearers because our Lord Jesus Christ took flesh. So, it's important for us, or one of the lessons that we can learn from the Annunciation, is be able to echo the words of St. Mary. Let it be according to your words. By the way, this is not, this is not just sort of like some passivity from St. Mary. This is not just, oh, I'm just going to let whatever happens, happens. She's saying, I'm open, I'm vulnerable, I'm receptive to God's will, even if it's contrary to my plans for myself. It means I have to let down sort of a veil that, se that we think separates us. St. Mary sees her virginity as an impediment or a separation to this call. How can this be since I'm a virgin? We all live with perceived impediments. 
that we think separates us or prevents us from doing God's will. Impediments like fear and shame and guilt, independence, individualism, all of these are sort of false impediments or veils. Sometimes we have veils of logic, of rationalism, unable to be willing to abandon ourselves to the mystery of God. Sometimes our veils are the lives that we have created for ourselves. We created a life and uh, I don't really want to change. I don't want to do something different from this. But God sees through these things and He's calling us to be the highly favored ones. Even though maybe sometimes we don't see ourselves in this way. God's words of possibility speak across these false narratives of, se- of, of separation, announcing that God is with us and we can have Him dwelling within us. St. Mary says, how can this be? With those words, St. Mary is acknowledging that the life that the archangel Gabriel is announcing is not the life that she would have created for herself. But when she, when she says, let it be according to your word, St. Mary is receiving the life that God is creating in her. Between how can this be, when she says how can this be, and between let it be according to your word, the impossible becomes Reality. Something that had never happened in the history of mankind starts. The veil that is between divinity and humanity is going to fall. So I need to, this morning, offer whatever excuses and reasons and veils and impediments that I have of why I cannot do what is according to God's will. Why I cannot follow what I know He is calling me to do. So that I can hear the words also from the Archangel Gabriel that without with God nothing is impossible and glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.